With February approaching, we know you almond farmers are looking for the highest quality hives for your almonds. Rasmussen Farms out of Gustine, California work with beekeepers outfits throughout the United States to ensure that they always have adequate supply of colonies to pollinate. Contact Ethan Rasmussen today at 209-596-0047. All right, guys. Uh... This is The Toast. I am Doug Bruner, and this is our second season, first episode. And I'm here with my buddy, my partner, Keith Yamamoto. We want to acknowledge everybody and tell them, Happy New Year. We're uh, hoping to be more consistent with The Toast this year um, and get you guys some cool stuff um, coming out from what the Ag Center's up to and all our good friends. And we have a bunch of new episodes coming, so stay tuned. And today is going to be fun because we're here with Honey Money, a.k.a. Ethan Rasmussen from Rasmussen Farms, and he is the B-Man. So uh, we're excited to uh, listen to what he's got to say. What's going on, guys? Good to be here. Hey, Ethan. Welcome, man. So, um, you know, just to get it started, everybody, this is the time of the year when bees are the hot topic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Almond bloom. There's a lot of other things that we use the bees for here in California. Right. But, um, you know, just starting out, I think it'd be good just to kind of give the basics of why we use bees in almonds for the listeners out there that don't completely understand it. And uh, what, what, you know, what work they do for us uh, during almond bloom. Yeah. So pretty much. Uh, First, tell us who you are. Well, I'm oh, Ethan sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Doug. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Such a good-looking young man. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, better looking than Josh Bond's. Yeah, that is I, definitely. I took his spot as uh, most popular post. <laughs> uh, uh, Ethan Rasmussen. I uh, own Rasmussen Farms. We're a pollination company based out of Gustine. Um, we specialize in almond pollination, obviously, because that's California's biggest uh, biggest crop. Second to dairy, right? I think, if I'm correct. But um, that's uh, that. That's what we're uh, what we specialize in. And uh, my dad's been doing bees for 40 years now. And uh, when I graduated from Cal Poly, I was thinking about going into um, trying to be a PCA, but bees are in the blood, so I kind of started doing my own thing. And uh, now we're doing uh, doing almond pollination big time. So yeah, I think that you know. Thank you, Doug, for correcting me. And that reminds me of where we should probably start this is, you know, you started, I actually knew about what you were doing because of one of Central's uh, main guys, Greg Borba. Right. You know, he had mentioned your name, shoot, three, four years ago. Right. And um, just tell us a little bit like the size that you started with. Right. And kind of how you've grown over the last three, four years. Yeah. So, um Pretty much, I mean, what, a, a big thing that, that I do is I, I help connect out-of-state beekeepers with California almond farmers because uh, we take, I think it's 2.4 million hives to do California's almond uh, almond crop, and there's only 600,000 hives in California. So we need to bring in 1.8 million as of 2020 um, into the state to get the job done. So there's a huge demand for, for bringing these guys bees in. Um, and a lot of guys don't really have the capability to come out themselves and, you know, have, you know, find the connections, find the yards to do stuff, truck all their stuff out, you know? So there's kind of a need for that. And so back to your original point, like three or four years ago, I kind of started out, I saw the opportunity of like, let's, let's connect some out of state guys with in state guys. So when I first graduated in 17, 
I started out doing, I think it was about 2,000 hives. I run my own bees, but my contracted brokered bees, I did about 2,000 hives from Florida, helped them find a spot. And then last year I doubled or more than doubled, about 6,000. And this year, putting in 13,000 hives. So wow, wow man, congratulations. Uh, tripled the last 3 years. Um so we've been going pretty heavy. Yeah. Trying to trying to grow but not grow too big, you know. To, Ethan, do you guys have your own bees here? Yeah, yeah. So So um, tell me real quick, the difference between your own bees and somebody else's bees. You're kind of brokering somebody else's, right. but you where where do your bees, you harbor your bees year round and how does that work? So, um Personally, RVs stay in California year round. Every beekeeping outfit's different, but um, for us, it's just kind of pencils out more. Um, we farm a little bit too, so uh, you know it kind of just makes more sense to stay here. A lot of guys are migratory; they'll they'll be in California in the spring, and then starting in about June, they'll either truck them to the Dakotas or you know other parts of the country to make a honey crop. So we stay in California year round. After almond pollination, we do cherry pollination, um, some berries, um, some melons, and stuff in the summer. Uh, if we don't do melon pollination, we send them to the coast to make honey if we have a good uh, a good wet year. But um, throughout the year, I run about a thousand of my own hives. Um, I I'm looking to grow, but I think right now the almond pollination and, and brokering aspect of it is something that's kind of a bigger opportunity and, and something I kind of want to put more of my focus in. So that's what I've been doing and kind of keeping my own numbers throughout the year, just kind of the same for right now. So when you're you're getting um I know you're doing some hives for our farm right now. Mm -hmm. Like what's the difference? Is, is there a difference between your bees and their bees or you go back and inspect bees to, right. you know, I mean, what confidence, what, what precautions or what, what are you doing to guarantee that farmer when you're telling me, Hey, I got good bees from Florida. Right. What have you done to really know that you have good bees so in Florida? So one thing that I, I did this year that's different from last year is I actually have a guy hired in Florida that is on on the ground there. As these bees are being loading up, he inspects and grades them the day they leave. So because um, a lot of, I mean, when you're trucking bees, it, it say I have a, a, a beekeeper who, you know, I know and they're good guys. Sometimes, you know, they say, oh, yeah, the, the bees are going to be eight frame average for sure. And they hit the ground and like it's not that's not the case. And um, a lot of guys have that trouble. So that's kind of some one thing I, I wanted to be a little bit different from some other brokers is have some boots on the ground in Florida inspecting and making sure. And as far as, um, you know, quality, you know, guys say they have great bees in quotes, but it's all about the frame frame count. So we're looking for eight frame average hives, six frame minimum. That's kind of the standard contract. Some guys do six frame average, a little bit cheaper. Some guys do uh, ten frame average, twelve frame average with some bonuses and stuff. But I think the the standard is eight frame average with a six frame minimum. Um, yeah. So all all hive boxes aren't created equal. That's right. So you're looking for for the people out there that don't know a lot about beehives, right, and right. I really don't know much about it myself. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the frames inside, mm -hmm. and then is there any other type of quality or strength factors that you take into account when you look at inside the box? Well, um, as far as uh, the pollination and the armor growers concerned, that's really the only metric you can use is, is frame count. But as the beekeeper, I'm going to look at some things that are going to uh, affect colony health even after pollination. Like we're going to take um, some some sampling and send to labs to see what our disease count is, um, what our varroa mite infestation is. Um, 
see if there's any problems that we need to, to fix while they're in the almond bloom. So after when we get ready for the honey crop, you know, we can be prepared for that. Right. So that's kind of as a, as a beekeeper's management, as like the whole year, apart from almond bloom, like that's one thing that we're looking at is, is, is monitoring our diseases. So you right. said frame. So for somebody who's not buying or, you know, renting bees from you mm-hmm. or explain just in a dumb dummy proof okay. way, what a frame means. So, uh, each box has, I'm going to do my best here, has 10 frames in it. It's, it's, uh, you know, the box, I think the dimensions is like 11 inches by 13 inch box. Um, there's a little rim on, on the, the 11 inch side that has a little frame rest. So you can, the frames just sit, you know, flush with that. Mm-hmm. They drop in. Um, so you lift them in and the bees will build comb on that. And that's what they'll, they'll use to store, they'll rear their, their young in it. They'll store honey, they'll store pollen. Um, and we can manipulate that and take a frame out and look at it. And, it's it's like the 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 dimensions are just perfect. It's like I think it's an eighth of an inch. Is they call it B space. It's like just perfect so that you can you can lift it out, but they don't build comb so that it gets stuck. It's just like the perfect design. So um, using frames, we can just take a take a frame out and and you know take an analysis of what what's going on and put it back together without really messing anything up and and like like busting open comb and whatnot. So. Um, it's so kind of hard to, to describe no, without I got a, you know, it. Yeah, a video or something, so. but yeah, it makes um, sense. So a farmer, what, is there any advice you can give to a farmer when, whether it's you mm-hmm. or them, how to, how to inspect their hives? I know we personally inspect our hives. Right. Is there things we should be looking at? Um, I think the biggest thing, um, obviously I, if you have a beekeeper you've been working with for a long time, usually there's a good amount of trust there and you know, you can have a pretty good communication. If it's a new guy, you should definitely have the bees inspected by like a third party. Or if you know bees well enough yourself, go look at them. Um, but I think the the biggest thing I could say is just have an open line of communication with your beekeeper. I think there's a certain amount of like respect and trust that if I'm going to set my bees out, I want to know that you're grading them because I'd like to be there when you do it. Or, um, you know, it's 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 kind of like your pride. You have, you know, you, as a beekeeper, you have a lot of pride in your bees. So... Having them inspected is something kind of serious because it's like, okay, this guy wants to make sure I brought something good, you know. Um, but as far as, you know, advice for almond like for almond guys, I think it's just communication. Um, letting the beekeeper know, hey, I'm going to inspect and this is what I, you know, on this date and this is what I hope to see and, and whatnot. So have an open line of communication with your beekeeper for sure. Another another dumb question. You right. know, I know how it works, but what does the bee do? What does the bee do that we're paying Two hundred something dollars a hive for what um, is it doing for the farmer? It's setting you a crop. It's setting you a crop for How sure. How does it do it? Um, what does that little worry, little buzzy bee do? Goes and well, it, it's going to pick up pollen. You know, that's their almond. Almond bloom is all about pollen. So, pollen is the protein source for bees. Um, nectar is the carbohydrate. That's just their two essentials. So, almonds produce a bunch of pollen it's a really good um protein source for bees and they really get a good buildup off of it so when almonds are in full, full bloom the bees are just ripping it bringing pollen in. Well, as they're doing that they're spreading pollen between the two varieties say you got nonpareil caramel you know whatever other varieties you got as the bees are working those they're hopping from each variety so they're bringing 
pollen from the male to the female, you know, within that, and even like within independence too, um, you don't need as many bees, but, um, you still need to have some activity within the flower so it can go from the male to female part within that flower. So that's, you know, they're setting your crop. They're impregnating it. That's, yeah, that's right. They're impregnating That's right. That's right. And I've just learned recently that it's, it's, it's just a byproduct of their, they're, they're not actually moving from flower to flower to move pollen. The pollen gets like stuck to their what legs? To their or? legs. Yeah. They, yeah. I call it the, the pollen baskets. They, they like gather it up and stick it like underneath their arms. So you could kind of liken it to and bring it back to the hive. But as they're doing that, they're, they're moving what the, the, the flower needs to, to get a nut set. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one thing I, I we want to talk about like bee flight hours. Um, I, I was looking some stuff up before the podcast and it was really kind of an interesting stat. I think we all know that like 2019 February was really wet and was like really crappy weather. And just looking through some statistics, you need about 80 good flight hours to set a decent crop. And last year we got 36 on average. But yeah. The average County got 36 hours and a B flight hour is like above 60 degrees less than 10 miles an hour wind and like less than 50% cloud cover. So when you ask why do you need bees, it's because two hives in the acre, if it's a crappy year, like it was last year, having those two hives, good strong hives, every hour counts. Mm -hmm. So they can go and forage. It's not, I think having good bees is is not necessarily like, I mean, you need them every year, but you're, you're not making that investment for the good years. You're making it for the bad years when, you know, you have really crappy weather. It's like you want the best bees you can out in the field setting that crop because if you don't you're you're gonna have nothing and you're gonna have a, a crop failure for sure yeah so. you have that short window so you need as much activity that's as you right. can within that short window mm-hmm. that's right that's right yeah because you know I, my family's been farming almonds for mm-hmm. 20 plus years and it, literally last year i think it was lewis gill from the pollen company was the one that explained to me how the bees actually pollinated the flower and mm-hmm. i'm embarrassed to say it that i didn't know that but <laughs> um it's it's a byproduct of their other job that they're doing. That's right. You know? so That's right. That's right. It's pretty amazing. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts on pollen? I I mean, look, I mean, you talked about pollen. What do you what are you using pollen for, Keith? Other than are you because there's people out there buying pollen right now, putting them on hives or spraying it is and Ethan. Well, Keith, you can explain what you've done with that. What uh, benefits you've seen from it or mm-hmm. not. And Ethan, what experiences have you had? And if Keith, maybe you can touch base on it first. Yeah. So, I mean, like what Ethan was saying, how important the pollen is to the almond nut set. Mm-hmm. Um, the natural pollen created within the orchard is a finite amount, whatever that is. Right. So, what we do, we work with the pollen company and Lewis Gill and Doug, and they harvest pollen and they store it and mm-hmm. they keep the live pollen so that way we can introduce you know, more pollen into the ranch so that the way the bees can help distribute that pollen. And then obviously then on top of that, we would mechanically um, apply that pollen. So that way we, right. you know, in those, for those bad years, right. For those right. years where you don't right. have a lot of bee flight hours, right. We sure. can introduce more pollen into the field because um, that's the beginning of a, a, a good crop, you know, right. and, and getting production. So right. um, I think it's a common, you know, we're, we're advancing in the almond business and in farming in general so it's just more of a compliment to what to the heavy lifting that the the bees do yeah i mean i i honestly have zero experience with it but i've talked to some other guys that like say like there's a couple different ways you can apply it from what i've gathered you can either do it like a spray or you can apply it within the entrances of the hives and the bees will pick it up when they're leaving Mm -hmm. um and i've heard that it gets to be stimulated to 
to go because they have a little bit, I mean, I, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but it, it kind of like, they have a little bit of a dosage of that pollen. So it kind of, uh, it presets them to forage that same type of pollen when they're out foraging. So they'll like go right after the almonds. Like for sure. Yeah. 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 Instead of looking for, mm -hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a good investment for, for almond farmers for sure. Um, it's just another, you know, tool in the chest. I think right now almonds, you know, like it's a, it's a great price and anything you could do to increase your yield is going to, you know, help your ROI. So I think, you know, it, you know, and it all starts with almond bloom for sure. So mm -hmm. everything you could do for almond bloom is, is a, is a win. Yeah. We've done it both ways with introducing it at the hive and mm -hmm. you know, the best way that I can, um, uh, put a value or, or see that it's working is you fill these trays on the entrance and exits of the hives. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you come back six, seven hours later and there's no more pollen left. So we know that it is getting out there. It's hard because, you know, you're looking at an acre and we're right. put, we're putting a hundred grams per acre. So it's fairy dust. Right. But <laughs> right. it's, yeah, right. you, you know, it's kind of, it's one of those things that's really hard to measure. Right. Um, right. or even like quantify in your head, like, okay, a hundred grams of pollen over an acre is yeah. a small amount, but we have done some test pl plots with it and we have, and it's hard, like you said, I can't make a claim on it, obviously, right, but right. you know, we d have seen some increased production more so last year with the bad weather mm -hmm. than we did the mm -hmm. year prior. That's but, right. you know, like you said, it's one of those things where you do make the investments, uh, make the investment on good years. You might not see as much of an effect, but on bad years, it's a little bit of a insulator yeah. cushion that right. you, you can give right. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Who really wants to count trees by hand? If you've ever wished for a more efficient alternative to clicker counting, Series Imaging has got some good news for you. Series Imaging offers varietal tree counting to save the time and expense of manual inventory so that you can focus on other aspects of your business. Contact Series Imaging today at 415-686-9264 or info at seriesimaging.net. Ethan, um, this year's the first year I've planted self-pollinators. Right. Um, independents. Not, I'm, I can't say I'm sold on them totally. It, it, I, they produce a good crop and I know they got the shafts as the Bennett's and stuff like that out coming out from your, um, like you, you were talking about putting bees out. What, what are you seeing with growers who have those who are, or aren't, I, I, I would say when I do it, I, I know I will put some amount of bees mm -hmm. out on them. That's so what I'm seeing is I, I think I have about three or four customers that have independence. You're one of them. They'll put about a hive an acre. So most guys put two hives an acre. Some guys will put half a hive for, for independence and um, they have great yields. That's the, by far their high, like highest producing um, field they got out of, out of what they got. So, um, I liken it to like a fertilizer. I think I think you're gonna get, you can get a, a crop for sure on independence without bees, mm -hmm. but you're gonna have a way higher higher yield if you put some bees out. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially if if you're in a spot where there's not a lot of almonds around and you have independence, you definitely need to put some yeah. bees out for sure, for yeah. sure. So, um, and I think independence. You know, I think a, a big benefit in, of independence is not even just for like the bee side, but just the one shake, one harvest going through with the equipment one time, the simplicity of it, you know, um, the, the early producing, the high yields on it. I think there's benefits for independence, not just for, you know, the lower B cost, but a lot of guys like it just for 
for the management perspective. Mm. What do you see the future of bees? Every year I hear, and I haven't been farming almonds that long, so mm-hmm. I'm no you know, expert, but every year I hear shortage of bees. Yeah. Shortage of bees. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're planting more and more almonds. What's the future? Well, <laughs> uh, last night I was texting you guys, you know, kind of just what we we're going to talk about. So I, this morning I kind of looked through some stuff and, you know, I uh, came across the, the stat that, you know, there's 300,000, as of today, there's 300,000 non-bearing acres. So that means in three years, if we're doing two hives an acre, say, we're going to need 600,000 more hives. And that is a pretty big task mm-hmm. to bring 600,000 more. So the future is, is... some will come out. Some will come out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I wonder what percent of, of those are self-pollinators, too. Uh, yeah, right. That That's right. So, I mean, you could say anywhere yeah. between 300 and 600,000 hives. Will Good. Be, you okay. Know? So um, what's going to happen? I think that we'll get the job done. I think beekeepers are a hardworking group. Um, I think almond pollination over the last like 15 years, almond pollination has become the focus of, I'd say, 90% of commercial beekeepers. So I think we'll get the job done. I think we're, you know, everybody's gearing up. Everyone's increasing their numbers because we know that we need, you know, there's there's money to be made in California. You know, there's it's a symbiotic relationship between um, the almond growers and beekeepers. So, um, I think it's, I think we're going to get the job done. I think it's going to be a challenge, but I think beekeepers as a whole are a hardworking group. So we'll, we'll increase the numbers and we'll, we'll get the job done for sure. Cool. Where's the toughest beekeepers from? Los Banos, California. <laughs> Is that where you live? <laughs> no, but I know a lot of badasses in, in Los Banos. Oh, okay. I'm about, I'm in Gustine. So I'm like, I'm like, Gust, I'm like Los Banos's little sister right there. <laughs> But got it. There's a lot of outlaw beekeepers in Las Vegas for sure. Got it. Got it. Other than the demand of the for on the um, other than the demand that the almond industry is creating, you know, mm-hmm. outside of just meeting demand, you know, we, I've heard things, and I can't talk, um, you know, I can't talk too much in depth of what they are specifically. Mm-hmm. But there's like Doug was saying, there's been some issues with the bee pollination. With disease and stuff, can right. you talk briefly about so what yeah, those, what right. those struggles are right. So I mean, like we say, like you know, every year there's a shortage. That's you know that's true because um, almond bloom is like the beginning of the beekeeper calendar, right? So we're just coming out of winter, we're just finding out our losses, and that's why it's always such a volatile number because we're just kind of going through our hives for the winter. So it's like that's when we get our our biggest losses. You don't have your losses in the summer, really. It all happens in the winter time. Um, so one of the biggest reasons why you'll have losses is there's a uh, there's a pest called the varroa mite, and it's um, it's a parasite. It's like on if you liken it to like say that you were a bee, a varroa mite would be like about like a foot a foot in, in size. So it's it's like they're 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 covering the bees and like that's our biggest challenge like as far as it's like a, a bee it's like a bee flea it's like a bee flea uh, yeah right yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so that's the uh that's the biggest challenge is keeping the varroa mites under control because they spread diseases they spread different viruses and they become resistant to treatments really fast they reproduce really fast so as a beekeeper if you're a good beekeeper you are a good manager of your varroa mite infestation. So mm-hmm. that's one thing that we do is each month we'll take samples and see what our, our counts are. 
Um, so per 300 bees, you want less than 10. So um, we are constantly taking uh, taking mite counts and seeing if we need a tree and just changing our, our you know, our, our regimen up. But that's the biggest thing I'd say. If you ask any beekeeper what your biggest challenge is, it's it's the varroa mite. Mm. So that's our that's our biggest thing. And um, other than that, I'd say maybe, maybe nutrition. Um, being able to feed your bees what they need in the fall. and um, What do you, you feed know, them? Pollen substitute and sugar syrup. That's our, our biggest thing. It's a really expensive, but um, the bees definitely need it. Like like I was saying, like almond pollination is our, is our, you know, the beginning of the beekeeper calendar. So coming out of winter and like naturally bees are, the, the clusters are usually pretty small, like four frames and like in nature, they're going to shrink down. So we need to stimulate them. So at the beginning of January, we'll go and feed them and that's going to like, that's going to get them to stimulate and start growing. So that's kind of one thing that we do. Mm. Um, How long does a bee live? Uh, depends on the time of year. If it's uh, like an almond bee is going to live like maybe 30 days if during, during, Feb- during like February, because they're going to work so hard flying that so they work gonna, their ass off they and then they die off. 30 days later. That's right. And how many babies do they have? <sighs> well, the queen can lay 2000 eggs a day at peak and the average hive has like 60,000 bees in it. So, wow. so you, they're so, not that, rapidly producing though. So it's, well, you're going to have about, I mean, you're going to, there's going to reach a point where in the springtime, she's laying more than bees are dying and your population is going to grow. Starting now, the population is going to grow. What, what about her lifespan? She'll live two to three years. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of them live 30 days. Yeah. Yeah, she is the queen. She is the queen, man. It's like she's like uh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, but but like, dude, I mean, I got to make sure I don't go oh, off the on black a tangent. widow. Yeah, yeah. the black widow. <laughs> yeah, I got to make sure I don't go off on a tangent because I could I could talk about bees for freaking hours. Oh, so. good, you should be able to. You're the master. <laughs> but um, no, uh, queens are definitely in, in the most interesting thing about bees, man. Um, if like the bees, if if she's like not laying correctly, the bees will they'll just kill her and make a new one. Oh. It's like people think that like the queen runs the hive, but that's the other way around. She's in yeah. power until she's that's right. Not in power, Julius anymore. Caesar. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wow, but that's funny how nature know. is pretty consistent. Yeah, nature's pretty ruthless, man. So yeah, so something else I want to circle back. It's kind of tied to bees, but I brought it up a little bit earlier. Um, but you know, the whole essence of the ag center, the whole essence of the podcast is young ag mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, some of the struggles that you've experienced, um, some mm-hmm. of the triumphs you've experienced in your growth and, you know, what type of mentality that you have mm-hmm. um, in order to stay on top of these things. Because, you know, you just shared with me earlier, you're starting work at 4 and you're ending at 4, a, 4 p.m., ending at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. this time of the year. So it's a grind. And then oh, yeah. you're, you're trip, tripled in size, quadrupled in size over the last three years. Um, so can you just talk to the audience about a little bit about what you've experienced as a young entrepreneur and the things that you've, the hurdles and the triumphs that, um, that motivate you to keep going mm-hmm. and growing? Well, I think you just have to be able to, if you're going to start your own business, I mean, I, 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 uh, you pretty much have to be able to get like punched in the stomach and keep going because mm-hmm. you're going to have struggles. It's going to happen. It's not going to be easy for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of the struggles I've had is, 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 um, to be honest, is cash flow when you're starting out, um, you know, not, not to get into, into super details, but like my second year I had one of my biggest growers, you know, um, not pay me my second half and, 
uh, you know, it was hard. It was like, it was like, okay, I had to make a choice of, okay, am I going to double down and keep doing this business and, and hopefully, you know, make this profitable in the next year or do I just kind of wrap it up? But I chose to keep going and, you know, now we're, you know, I got that straightened out and now we're, you know, we're still rolling. So it's, it's just having the the decision that I'm going to do this come hell or high water and, you know, whatever obstacle comes in the way, I'm going to figure it out. So just put your nose to the grindstone. I think beekeeping, it's, it's all about problem solving. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about, okay, we got some, this is happening. Let's slow down. Let's think about what we can do and just get the job done no matter what. Mm. So, yeah. Great. Perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance, right. Yep. You got to be positive. Got to be be positive, man. I was waiting for a bee pun. I knew it was going to come sometime. I knew it was going to happen. Where do you where where uh, does Ethan want to go? Where where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? I just want to keep on. Like I was saying, you know, we have the almond industry has so much uh, growth going on. I just want to help keep on uh, supplying bees and and making sure that we can keep this uh, this this almond industry moving. Um, so I want to just keep growing. I w- I'd like to just hopefully keep i don't know if i can but keep doubling in size every year if i could you know as as much as i can you know so that's awesome that's the, that's the goal that's the goal i'm proud of you thank you that's a, it. it's a great story and it's funny because you know even before i met you in person i just I've, i heard what you started from very humble you know startup mm-hmm. story and then you know thirteen thousand hives it's it's a pretty big number yeah and um how can how can people get a hold of you as far as um, contact you, learn more about bees, get business from you, or how, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, well, first off, the Ag Center Instagram, obviously, Alex. Uh, give me a call. I'm working on a website. <laughs> I need to get that done. Um, but yeah, give me a call. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm always posting stuff of what I'm doing, so you can follow me and see what I got going on, and send me a message if you need some bees or have a question out these or, or anything like that. So yeah. And personally, uh, I've Ethan supplied us with bees last year for, uh, our melon crop. And this year mm-hmm. he's supplying for almonds. He'll supply us for our almonds, our cherries and our melons this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ethan's always, like you said earlier, he's had a, a great line of communication with us to communicate when the bees are going to be there. And if there's any issues, like we need to spray, so he needs to move his hives. It's always been very responsive. So I, I would definitely recommend to reach out to Ethan if you need some, uh, beekeeping help and, um, if you have those other type of crops that aren't just almonds, that's where I think you could use the most help right. because, you know, he's looking for a place for his bees to feed and and work mm-hmm. um, outside of just feeding him, feeding them the supplementary um, products that he does feed them. So um, I definitely endorse them, and I suggest uh, if you have a need um, to reach out, and uh, I know for sure he'll take care of what you need. Yep. Yep. So let's get your digits. Uh, 209-596-0047. You can shoot me a text or call me. And like I was saying earlier, like you said earlier, I'm up all the time this time of year, so you can call me anytime. I'll probably answer. <laughs> Preferably at night. <laughs> Preferably at night. <laughs> so I want to touch base on one other thing. Right. Ethan, it's been a lot of fun to have you. And I think another good thing, um, I haven't talked to our marketing, but Ag Center University we have coming mm-hmm. up, right? Um, Ethan will be there. It's uh, April 18th, mm-hmm. and um, he'll be there as a mentor, maybe talking there. And I, I just challenge anybody who's listening to this, if you have kids um, 18 and above who are going to be in the ag industry, who are in college or looking to find a job, 
Ag Center. The toast will be there. We're going to be having a really cool deal. Check it out at the Ag Center, www.theagcenter59.com, as well as on our Instagram. Going to be more coming out on that. But um, really, we want to give back and educate um, young upcoming people on what's happening in ag. Just like today, we learned about bees. It was a lot of fun. Bees are important. Mm -hmm. They say they're the most important creature on the planet? That's right. Yes. Besides that's, me? That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> second, second to Dougie. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Ethan, you are a stud. You're a hard worker. Thank you. Um, love your attitude. You're going to be a rock star in the future. And people should be happy and um, grateful to work with you if they're not. so Thank you. Appreciate that. We're going to have a toast right now uh, to... <clears throat> Keith, you want to do it? Yeah. So here's a toast to um, healthy bees, uh, big almond crops, and California ag, and young entrepreneurs in California ag. So cheers. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Are you having water supply problems? If so, Water and Land Solutions can help. Water and Land Solutions is based on the ability to organize, manage, and understand the people they represent through effectively engaging with neighbors, regulators, agencies, and new partners to reach the stated goals and objectives. Water and Land Solutions are your go-to water experts. Reach out today at www.waterandlandsolutions.com.